Morning back here on Sports 1140 KHTK Final Hour for today. Time to go all in on flavor with Wingstop's All-In Bundle. Get it today at wingstop.com. We always love checking in with Chris Landry. It's LandryFootball.com. Make sure you go there. Hey, there's a few days left before Christmas. The perfect, perfect Christmas gift for those of you that have that football lover in your life. Let's bring in Chris Landry. And Chris, let's start there. I mean, there you go. There's your Christmas gift, right? LandryFootball.com. Absolutely. It's a great gift that will give all year long, and it's uh, better than that uh, that sticky tie that it will never <laughs> wear. So, you know, maybe, maybe you get that or get something for yourself. And uh, we got everything going on, including, you know, breakdowns of uh, this is the, the first time we've done this where there's actually NFL games on live. So we, we've got everything, the film breakdowns of all the teams, all the games, college, NFL level, all the ball games, the draft, recruiting, it's one-stop shopping football, so it is a it's a great gift. Give a gift to yourself. That's awesome. Again, we'll talk about that more here with Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com, and let everybody know how they can get involved in that. Um, I don't know where to start here, but I'm going to kind of start with what the league, I guess, had to do here, Chris. The, you know they don't want the games to be missed, may not have the best version of all these teams, but your opinion on just kind of scrambling to get a second Monday night game and these two games that are going on right now? Yeah, you know that you're right. They're not. They're they're going to make sure that the games are played. Uh, they're going to make sure, but that 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 at least they get that done. I I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, what are you going to do if you have a rule and you have this, then then they can't play on Monday. I mean, having to play Tuesday and you got to turn around and we've got uh, another early week with a couple of games on Christmas Day, Saturday this year, and it, it just makes for incredibly sharp weeks. It's it's really competitively um, unfair, you know, but I don't know what you do. I don't know what, what are the other options. Uh, hopefully that the, some adjustments they've made to the protocols will at least get them through this because uh, this, this could happen again. And we, uh, at least I had hoped and thought that we were beyond this, but just when you think we are, we get this uh, COVID just comes back and, uh, snaps it again yeah for sure now the games that did happen though we'll kind of go back in order here start with the Niners we always like to talk to you about them with their their win that's five in six games and again I, I think they got it in the the DNA that coach Shanahan would want get ahead run the ball special teams good defense sound not put a lot on Jimmy G and and beat a team they think they're better than then how dangerous do you think the Niners are now winners of five of six Look, I think they are dangerous. I think if I were to look at a team uh, in the NFC and you say, well, if it's not one of the favorites who's dangerous, it could be the Niners. I mean, I think that they're, just as you said, they're talented. They certainly have worked around some of the issues, some of the problems they've had. They're a good, solid football team. Are they a team that maybe can go real deep? I'm not sure about that. I don't think that's the case, but – Look, I think it's going to be real interesting Thursday to see them against Tennessee, another good team, um, and kind of kind of see if they can uh, get another one. You know, they've they've built themselves a nice little run here, and I think their their chances of finishing it off are pretty good. Yeah, and a team they could meet, Chris could in the postseason is Tampa, who is really good, best offense in the league. And then Sunday night happens, and part of it, as the game went along, was injuries, and now more word that. You know, uh, Fournette's going to be done till the playoffs. They lose Godwin for the season. Certainly injuries, but the Saints have figured them out. What 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 does New Orleans do so well to slow down Brady and the Bucks? Well, the, the Saints are very talented defensively, uh, first of all. But one of the thing, the reason, the way you have to beat Brady is you have to 
to do things, and it's not a tough formula. It's just tough to execute it. You've got to bring really good pressure while at the same time take away the outlet receiver. So if you jam receivers off the line of scrimmage, reroute them off the line of scrimmage, and prevent the ball because it's going to come out really quickly, you don't give any openings underneath. So what the Saints schematically are doing, they're playing a lot of man coverage underneath and two deep safety, and they're getting they're getting home with four man pressures. That that's the real key to to being successful because they'll get the ball out quickly, they'll throw it, but if there's no place for them to go accurately, and even in the game, yeah, there were a few drops, but you notice some of those drops where the the ball was coming out even quicker than the receivers or the tight ends were expecting because you know that's Brady's not going to run and move; he's just going to get the ball. The ball's going to have to just come out quicker and. They, you don't have to cover as long, and they, they have good, long, physical cover guys and good base pass rushers, and that's the key. Um, so it's not something that schematically you look at and say, oh, yeah, well, we'll do that too. You can do it, but can you execute it? The Saints just are very, very good defensively. Yeah, and there's a chance, a chance, Chris, that they could meet again, and that's not what Tampa would want if that was one of those uh, first-round games potentially. Um, you know, you know, Jason. Think, think about this. We, we let's remind the listeners. <laughs> Last year in the playoffs, true. I mean, you know, the 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 Bucks went all the way and earned every bit of it. Saints, you know, had them beat. Yep. The Saints turned the football over, and repeatedly, or. The Bucks don't get out of the first game in the playoffs last year. We tend to sometimes forget that. I've been on a team that, you know, in the playoffs, in our first first game in the playoffs, we probably get outplayed. If we find a way to win it, go all the way to the Super Bowl. The Bucks went all the way, but but it easily couldn't have been that way. They they earned that win over the Saints, but but mainly the Saints outplayed them and just did a very very poor job turning over the football. So. You're right. They've had a lot of success, and they don't want to face the Saints. And the other thing is it's a division team. You don't ever want to play a division team because they know you, and you build your team to beat the teams in your division. So I do think that even when you're the better team in your division – you know the the team that you have to beat. They know you're really good. They're they're not intimidated by you, and I think that's the real that's the real key there. Arizona, obviously, still a really good team, ten and four. Uh, uncharacteristic loss to lose to the Lions, but to get worked. I mean, they got dominated in that game. They lost the week before to the Rams. So, couple in a row here. How concerned should Cardinal fans be about what Arizona's doing right now? Oh, I think they should be concerned. This team's playing like they don't have a lot of confidence and. I don't know. I mean, last week it's you, you. You just nailed it. I mean, it's they didn't get beat. They just got hammered, and it was. I don't, know, I don't think it's overconfidence. I mean, you you've got to play well, play your best football down the stretch, and you know, not every team is experienced, and and you know, it doesn't always take a lot of individual player experiences to achieve this, but it's this team just you know, looks like right now they're just trying to find themselves a little bit. And defensively, they're struggling, getting down early. Um, I think it's a very, very big, big game Christmas uh, night against Indianapolis, mm-hmm. who's a team that's playing pretty well. And 
Yet, you know, um, Carson Wentz can make plays, but he will turn the football over to the wrong team. I, I think this is a huge game, obviously, for both. This is What's going to be fun about it is uh, this is like playoff games right now. I mean, either, you know, through importance of the games is a playoff field the rest of the way the last three weeks because uh, getting in or even if you're pretty much going to be in, you know, uh, seeding is going to be critical. I, I think the Cardinals have got to really find themselves quickly here. Yeah, as they're now 10-4, and four. if the Rams were to win today, they'd also be 10-4, and four, so there's still that to go there. Um, another week for Coach Harbaugh to go for two. Um, I, I like the boldness of the call. This one, I don't know if I love the play. I think the last time they did that against Pittsburgh, it felt right. It just didn't work. This one, you cut off half the field with a rollout. You have a backup QB. I just, I don't know. It's always going to be second guess, but your thought on Harbaugh going for two a couple times here recently. Well, I, you know, in a, in a general sense, um, first of all, specifically to him, I, I understand it a little bit more. I have a bigger problem with, you know, um, uh, Brendan Staley in last. Oh yeah. Thursday. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, so there, there, there are two questions there. So, I mean, Harbaugh's situation, you know, it makes a little bit more sense. I agree with you on the play. I think it was tough there. You, you basically took away. You only you only give yourself a, a third of the field to play on. Um, that wasn't a great play call, and you know, and, and look, you can certainly, like you say, second guess it. Um, he kicked the extra point. You got a really good kicker, but it, you know, you're still dealing with you know, you give Aaron Rodgers the football, and you you may never see it. So I understand that a little bit, but just in the bigger picture, and, and I'm gonna just specifically you know switch on you and say, Coach Staley, all right. So, listen, I get it. I get what analytics are. I've been around it. We've used it a lot in football, even when it wasn't called analytics. The problem that I get or I have with it is analytics for analytics sakes, numbers for number stakes, it tells you a story. It doesn't tell you the story. For example, let's take Kansas City, San Diego. Fourth down, go for it every time. You you can't make a decision strictly on the numbers that includes everybody over a long, big picture. You have to, Jason, factor in the moment. You know, like it may be fourth down, fourth and one. I might think that I want to go for it. And it's more than just the position on the field, the time left in the game. But what's the flow of the game? Am I struggling to block the three technique? You know, is my center not playing well or he's injured? If I'm having real success doing it, absolutely I'm going for it. You have to factor in what's going on in the game. They left nine points on the field. Mm -hmm. That game could have been 30-10, to and there's no way they lose the game. It was a game in which going in, I would have said, absolutely. You better go for it because the Chiefs are probably going to score a bunch of points. In this game, the defenses were in charge. They were taking control. If you understand the flow of the game, that your defense is doing a tremendous job, you take three points where you can get them, another three and another three. I mean, you build a a substantial lead. It could have been 30 to 10 at one point. They're not coming back on you. I just... I just think the inability to factor in the moment and the situation that's pertinent 
to your team at that point relative to the team that you're playing at that point. That is what is being missed by in another well, we'll just go go for it. Every time and it doesn't matter. I just I just don't think that makes a whole lot of sense generically because it's every situation's a little unique. Know it, have the analytics, but you gotta have an intuitive gut feel for what is working or what's not working with your team relative to your opponent on that day. And to me, that's where some of these younger guys don't have it or just don't pay attention to it and are going strictly by the numbers. But that's my belief on it. As we're talking with Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com, kind of on that, Chris, just I don't know if you know the answer, but we have a lot of new coaches, a lot of younger coaches. Is that why you think we're getting more coaches that are kind of cut in this mold to – because I, I, I think 10, 15 years ago, coaches would never go for two. They rarely go for fourth down. Now it seems to happen all the time. Yeah, it's it's the, the analytics world where that is becoming the takeover, and that's how they grow up. And I don't want to be the the old man get off my lawn <laughs> syndrome. But, but that's, you know, again, I think they come from it from that angle. And, again, it they just are kind of oblivious to what – again, is what happening in the game at that moment. And, look, I'm all for it. I'm a, Parcells went for it a ton on fourth down. But it wasn't just – it wasn't really analytics. It was this is the field for it. But then there, was an, there were other times where he'd punt and play field position. What's, I mean, I think that is the real key. Don't ignore the fact that you've got your defense playing one heck of a game. And, you know – Look, it, it's we all want to go for it, but at some point, if you're not getting it done, Jason, on first, second, third down, mm-hmm. you know, and I get this, well, you're not having confidence in your team. <laughs> uh, I've got confidence on first, second, third down, and you can't get it done, then be smart and, you know, maybe take three or, look, maybe punt and play defense and make a play there. I think there are other ways to win a football game, yet if I can't get it done any other way and I'm the severe underdog you absolutely would likely go for it in a certain situation I just I believe in that I believe that that you've got to a the biggest thing is if I'm going to go for it for two for example most of the time the, the the main thing is how confident am I in executing our best two-point play against that defense we're playing right now. I mean, that's the real key. And, and it's, it's, it's as simple as that. And, you know, I think on some uh, games you might say, they, they are not going to stop us because they can't get off of our – they can't get off of us. We can block them and move the line of scrimmage easily – We've got any a couple of plays that any number of a couple of plays that can can work in certain situations. We're going for it. I mean, I don't even yet on other cases. I just don't like the way we're handling things up front. I don't like the way we're getting off of coverage. I don't like the way you know the quarterback is a little bit late getting the ball out. Whatever the rhythm is not quite there. That's when I'm going to be smart and say today at this point at this point in the game I'm getting it done. This is in addition, of course, to the time left in the game and all of that. I mean, you got to factor everything. I just don't think they're factoring all of that. They're factoring in what happens over a generic number of times, over a generic number of games, 
Well, what does that matter, and what does that have to do with your team at that moment in this game? And I think that's where it gets overlooked. And it is, again, younger guys that really maybe didn't come up through the game of coaching maybe like some of us did. Chris, how do you explain a team like, you know, it's a long season, but someone like Miami that went 1-0, lost seven in a row, and now somehow has made it back to 500, which is kind of a miracle. They never stop fighting and you know even let's take a team like Detroit you know how did they win last week well you know the Cardinals are not playing well that's the biggest part but the Lions are they're they're they're, they they fight they play hard the Dolphins have continued to play hard they believe in Brian Flores they've had a number of injuries early we have a lot of people have injuries some people can't overcome them as much the offensive line problem is real over there they don't have much of a running game but the defense plays hard, and, you know, they find a, found a little bit of the rhythm. They work in the short passing game. And so you just – it's like anything else. You just keep grinding, and you find a way to win a game here or there because every game every week is tough in this league. And if you don't play smart football, if you don't play with a lot of toughness, um, and it, you get down and you don't play with confidence, then you that's why bad teams are bad. They lose all the time. Not just because they're bad, but they're bad because in addition to not being good, they just don't play smart and they just don't, they make more mistakes. Well, what the Dolphins are doing is just kind of flipping around, playing harder, playing better. So that's the real key. Mm. We, we talked earlier in the show about the Raiders win yesterday, which they had to win to keep their season alive. I don't, I don't think they're making the postseason, but here they are, seven and seven, and and kind of what to do with Carr. And we kind of made a list. There's there's not a ton of quarterbacks better than him, but there's a decent list. But is he the guy going forward? You know, they're not going to have a high pick. I don't know who's better than him in free agency. What, what do you do when you've you know you got a good quarterback, but maybe not the best quarterback? How do you handle that if you're a team like the Raiders? Well, I, again, I think the real key is you know in personnel, it's you got to have talent to replace talent. So there is no issue with replacing a player in any position. In this case, quarterback, if you can find someone better. You know, I I think Derek is a, is a quality quarterback that you can win with. Um, I think there are issues on that team that are bigger. But I also think that, you know, if you can get better, then you, you certainly try to upgrade. But I think it's going to probably depend upon what they do organizationally um are they going to have a new gm they're going to have a new head coach i i think it's definitely yes on on the head coach and probably should be on the gm and they'll probably decide it but i think the difficulty is kind of you know when you've got to pay a guy a ton of money like i you know i'd be worried if i'm cleveland and and i'm not going to shell out a ton of money for baker mayfield but i also know that there's a good chance i may not get somebody even as good as what he is. And I think the Raiders are kind of in that same position. Um, who can they get that's better? I think if you can get somebody better, then you absolutely do it. But I think he's probably a little bit better than most people think. Um, I don't think he's the biggest problem that they have there. But yet I don't think he's what I would call a consistent blue-grade caliber quarterback in the league. So that that is a challenge. I mean, look, and, you know, the, the other side of the bay, you got – you know, the Niners that think they have their quarterback of the future and they know that they've got maybe a serviceable guy starting, 
but is definitely a guy you need to upgrade. But that team around him is more consistent, a little bit better, uh, yet they really don't know what they have in their young quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see. For sure. Um, just an opinion. You got a MVP at this point from the league. I know it's a lot of people <laughs> talking about Brady and Rogers and Taylor, but what, what do you think? Uh, those are the three, but you know, I don't know. It's week to week now. Brady's yes. performance Sunday would, I would probably, if it was a horse race, I would say that maybe Aaron Rodgers is nudged ahead. I, I think JT is, is an outstanding back and is having an Im, Im, immeasurable impact on the Colts and, I wouldn't rule him out, but it seems like it's a quarterback award. I, I'd say right now the favorite to win it is probably Aaron Rodgers at this point, but I, I don't think he's a slam dunk uh, MVP. I think there are you know, a couple of other guys that should be under consideration, and I think that are, and I think it's close enough. I mean, I would have said last week that Brady might have been neck and neck, a little bit ahead, but you know, week to week, if you, know, if you have a performance like that, that, that – that kind of hurts you a little bit if it's in a, a horse race. Chris, how about uh, LandryFootball.com? Tell everyone again how they can get uh, get there and what what they get when they go to LandryFootball.com. Well, we really appreciate it. It's a great holiday gift, and what do you get? You get the gift of football all year long. I mean, we never stop on football. Uh, if it involves players, teams, coaches, schemes on the college and NFL level, that's what we do. We break down the games for you before they're played, after they're played, tell you how players grade, how the teams graded out. Obviously, we're we're deep into all the bowl games and all the breakdowns there, all these NFL games, which are seemingly every day now. Uh, we'll have it all that for you. Obviously, getting ready for the deep breakdowns, roster breakdowns, and analysis for the playoffs as we get in there. Recruiting, which we just put the early signing data bed a week ago. Uh, early draft talk, uh, all year long, uh, free agency, recruiting, the draft, you name it, college, NFL level. It's like having your own scouting department for less than a magazine subscription. So uh, check it out uh, today. Um, appreciate uh, everybody checking us out. And we got a holiday savings special, so it's a great uh, holiday gift to give to a loved one or to yourself. Very, very simple, very, very easy to do. Just sign up, get their email address in there, and we'll take care of it for you. Awesome. It's uh, LandryFootball.com. Chris, always appreciate uh, getting your insight. Happy uh, holidays, Merry Christmas, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, everybody at the station and everybody in the listening audience. God bless. Appreciate you. And we'll talk next week. That sounds good. Thank you so much. That's Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. We appreciate that. Again, check out. It's just amazing material, amazing information. And, you know, there's so much thirst for all this stuff. And so there it is for you right there. Check it out. Again, thanks to Chris Landry. Let's update you on those NFL playoff games that are going on, or NFL regular season games on uh, Tuesday football. Uh, we just had a couple of scores here that have changed. The Eagles have gotten into the end zone finally. Jalen Hurts has rushed for a touchdown. They are now down 10-9, awaiting the extra point to Washington. So they're down 10 nothing, but now 10-9. And the Rams and the Seahawks have made it to half. They are tied at 3. 3-3 is the score in that one. Uh, I saw that Matthew Stafford surpassed 50,000 passing yards. And, you know, we look at how like the three-pointers have changed, but the passing yardage numbers have changed as well. And guys are just going to continue to vault up that list because that was really Dan Marino's territory, but um, he's been blown away by many others, and that's going to continue to change. Uh, Tom Brady, of course, number one, then Breeze, then Manning. 
got Favre, Roethlisberger, Rivers, Marino's now seventh. But Matthew Stafford is uh, getting closer to 50,000, is at uh, 13th all time. So he is moving up the charts for Matthew Stafford. So, uh, again, the score is 3-3 in that one. And uh, let's see if they made that extra point. It is uh, Well, they still haven't put that on the board. So 10-9, Washington with the lead over the Philadelphia Eagles. Time to go all in on flavor with Wingstop's all-in bundle. Get it today at wingstop.com. Break time for us. Still have a final half hour to go. And, uh, again, much more to get to when we come back. We will update you on those games from the NBA as well. And the roadmap that I think could look very, very good for the San Francisco 49ers on what could be a nice playoff run. We'll explain that when we come back here on KHDK. Back here on Sports 1140 KHK. Thanks again to our guest today, Lincoln Kennedy. And, of course, Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. In our uh, last segment there, got a half hour more to go. Uh, a couple more NFL scores to keep you updated on. And I want to get to the uh, the path here, the 49ers path that I really like in just a moment. But, Chris, I was thinking about when Chris Landry was talking and was mentioning how at LandryFootball.com they give you all the breakdowns of the NFL games, certainly of um, – the bowl games he was talking about too. And one of my favorite things that we did on the old midday show was bowl game or not. Remember that? Oh, who could, who could forget about that? <laughs> you ready to play it again? Sure. I just, I just made up a few. Okay. And some are not made up during well, the break. I, I think you're in trouble because I've been paying attention to what a lot of the bowl games names are. You have been on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then this is going to be an epic fail. It's going to be going to be easy. You're going to be perfect on this. Oh yeah, flawless victory. Okay. Tropical smoothie cafe Frisco bowl bowl or not? Tropical smoothie Frisco bowl. Tropical smoothie cafe Frisco bowl. Not a bowl game. I am watching UTSA and San Diego State right now in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Yeah, not a bowl game being played later. It's a bowl game (laughs) being played now. I got one. Okay, next one. Ready? Yes. No Googling. Procter & Gamble Grooming Bowl. No. No? No. That is a made-up bowl game. Okay. See? Tail Greeter... Cure bowl. Tail greeter. Uh-huh. Cure bowl. Tail. How is tail spelled? How I spelled it. <laughs> T-A-I-L. Tail, tail greeter. greeter. Like tail gator. Tail greeter. Is tail greeter something? Maybe I made it up. I mean, it has to be a bowl game. It has to be a bowl it game? It has to. It is a bowl game. It was already played. Because I can't see like how you would make that up and what it would be for. <laughs> Coastal Carolina beat Northern Illinois 47-41 in the much-anticipated Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Not a bowl game. I'm glad you're paying attention. It's a bowl game. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Let me find it. Let me find it. Um... 
It was a bowl game. Don't look it up. No lookies. I will find it for you. It has been a bowl game. Are you Googling? I've got dinner plans. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. You still you still want to play our game? <laughs> I'm just letting him know. Well, there was a fear that the place was closed. So oh, okay. It's not. You, you good to go? Good to go. Good to go. Uh, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl will be coming up uh, Tuesday, December 28th, a uh, week from today, and that'll be Air Force in Louisville. And, Jason, I am very disappointed in you. Why? Do you think that's how I would cheat in front of you? I know exactly how I cheat in front of you, and you have no idea. Yeah. The computer to your left? Huh? Actually, the computer to my right. Over there? Mm-hmm. That would be impressive. Okay, next one. Lending tree bowl. No. Not a bowl. Not a bowl. You are really good at this because <laughs> that is a bowl. You've gotten one right. You said you were paying attention. That's a real bowl game. The power market power bowl. No. Okay. <laughs> that one was just for you. Uh, the Jimmy- I've actually seen a power market in the, uh, in the wild. I'm not even confirming that. The Jimmy Kimmel bowl. I know that bowl games have been getting crazy, and that sounds like something Jimmy Kimmel would do. Or would I make it up? Disappointed that I wouldn't already know about the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. I'm going to say not a bowl. Okay. The Jimmy Kimmel Bowl has already happened. (laughs) It was Utah State and Oregon State. Glad you're paying close attention to these bowl games. All right, here you go. The Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Wasabi. I've got to say no because it's just the idea of wasabi has a bowl. No. Okay. December 29th, SMU in Virginia in the wasabi. Wasabi, was there anything else? I had never, I'm like, I think I'd heard of Fenway Bowl. I don't know why it's just, it's, you know, they put all the names attached to it. Wasabi Fenway Bowl is how it's listed at Fenway Park, SMU in Virginia. Okay. You ready for the next one? Sure. Sure. Chorman. Costco Bulk Bowl. No. Correct. 1-800-GENERAL-NOW bowl. 1-800-GENERAL-NOW. Yes. Incorrect. Not a bowl. <laughs> yes! I got you with a couple makeups, with a couple reels. It's the game that keeps on giving. Is it a bowl or not? So if we can find out about the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. So Wasabi is a, the name of a technological company. The part of the problem with these, like uh, you know, it's it's really the sponsor that can tri- that can be weird. Um, like where was the one that was a pretty common PlayStation Fiesta Bowl? It's like, well, okay, Fiesta Bowl, you have me there. Uh, Outback Bowl, VRBO Citrus Bowl. Let's see, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. These are real bowls. Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. I probably could have put that one in there. Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Duke's Mayo Bowl. Anyway, I'm glad I got you on a couple. So Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage. <laughs> okay. So that's, I mean, that's a terrible name for a company. It's hot. Oh, I now, now I get it because Wasabi's hot. Ah. Still a terrible name. <laughs> All right, so have some fun there. Let me tell you about the NFL and why I like this situation right now that the 49ers are in. With their win over the weekend – it got them the when they needed over the Atlanta Falcons. Gets them a little separation in the playoff picture. Here's the playoff picture as it stands now with, like we said, the Rams and Seahawks playing right now, tied at three in the second half, and Washington and Philly tied at 10. So 
NFC is on center stage with these four games that are these four teams, two games that are being made up today. Detroit's out, Chicago's out. So now you've got 14 teams left for seven spots. Green Bay is in a situation where they've already clinched the division. They are currently the one seed. If I'm the 49ers, who are likely, likely not going to win the division, I want to stay away from, if I can, Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Now, Tampa, I know, might seem a little bit more vulnerable with the injuries that they've had here lately. And uh, let's hear Bruce Arians even address that today because he was talking about uh, uh, announcing injuries to uh, Godwin. Actually, this was yesterday. Chris has an ACL, um, and he's done. So um, he'll be done for the season. Yeah, that's rough news there, and there's hope that they can get Antonio Brown back soon. What was the decision-making process for you like, knowing that some people might go back to those comments you made publicly about Brown and say, wait a minute, hasn't this guy had enough chances? I could give a what they think. The only thing I care about is this football team and what's best for us. He's, he's right. That's all he should care about. It doesn't matter. I, I will say he's right, yeah, but then don't say this is your last chance. Right, because people are going to hold you accountable for yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to come back and haunt you when you, when you give the absolutes. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, but Tampa's... We're not stupid. <laughs> we know. We know what a bowl game is. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, Cowboys are two seed right now, based on tiebreakers. Tampa is three. Arizona is four. And then you've got the Rams, who could win today to get also in that group of 10 and four teams. Niners are sitting by themselves right now with the sixth spot at eight and six. Behind them is Minnesota and the Saints. They've got the tiebreaker over Minnesota, haven't faced the Saints, and won't face the Saints this year. Washington and Philly are playing right now with one of the teams, unless there's a tie, will get to 7-7. Seven and seven. If it's Philly, they've already beaten them, so Philly would have to get a full game ahead of San Francisco. But why I like where the 49ers are right now is, you know, let's say they get in a spot where they just need to avoid Green Bay, I think would be the first and foremost, and then probably Tampa Bay. Uh, right now, they would be doing that. No, right now, in tiebreaker situation, it would be Tampa Bay, but we'll see how vulnerable that is. Division leaders, I think you'd rather face Dallas or you'd rather face Arizona. It could still end up being the Rams, but I think the Niners have to feel confident in who they are and how they're playing and what they're doing well and feel like, hey, look, we got off to a slow start. Our game can travel and they feel like they're playing on all levels right now. Here's uh, Nick Bosa talking about that. It helps when the whole team is is playing complimentary football, and um, when you get a lead, it definitely gives you some opportunities, and we didn't have many of those early in the year, so it was kind of a, a dry spell for a while when it comes to sacks, but now it's starting to come together. Yeah, and he is too. I mean, he's been he's having an awesome season, but if all the elements are working hand-in-hand team football like he's talking about complimentary football that makes them that makes them very dangerous so you got those sacks right he did okay maybe make sure that a is a little more clear sacks (laughs) um carolina seattle giants all on the fringes but basically nobody's feeling like they're much of a threat as far as the afc it's still just the jets texans and jags that are out so you've got 13 teams available for seven playoff positions nobody in the AFC has clinched it yet none even the Chiefs that have the best record at 10 and 4 Patriots were cruising till they lost on Saturday to the Colts who really had a good job and just a 
well-designed game plan and then forced the Patriots into all those mistakes. And once the Patriots kind of figured it out, it was a little too little too late for them. But it's going to be interesting to see which teams break through. I mean, I, I've told you from the beginning, I'm a big believer in what Buffalo can be. And here they are just hanging on. They may miss. The Ravens being so bold here, going for a couple of critical two-point conversions late in games that they lost both. And right now they're sitting at eight and six. Even if you got one of them, what a difference nine and five is. But here they are at eight and six, wondering if they're going to win their division, if they're going to even get in. I mean, that division right now, especially with the Raiders win yesterday, you probably saw the graphic when you're watching the game. If the Browns had won based on tiebreakers, they would have been leading the division at eight and six. But they're seven and seven. Pittsburgh, that tie may help them at seven, six, and one. Baltimore's eight and six. Cincinnati's eight and six. That division race is great. Bills and Patriots, it's still to be decided. You've got the Titans and Colts still to be decided. I think the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. And then you go to the NFC as far as divisions. Cowboys are in great position to win the division. Packers have already won the division. Tampa should win, but I know they don't want to face the Saints because the Saints have already defeated them twice, but they got a three-game lead still. And then Arizona, it's up for grabs. They lead at 10-4, and four, but if the Rams win today, they'll be 10-4. and four. And by the way, update on that game, the Seahawks have just gone down the field and scored and taken a first touchdown of the game and taken a 9-3 lead pending the extra point on the Rams. Still early in the third quarter, about nine and a half to go in the third quarter. So Seattle gets the extra point. They lead 10-3. to And again, Seattle was about for dead the other day. And I thought the Niners' one loss in this stretch was a game that they gave back. They had a terrible second half. If the Niners could have won that game, how rewarding it would have been to keep the win streak going, it also would have buried the rival. And I don't think the the Seahawks are going to make themselves all the way back. But they're still in it. And especially if they were able to beat the Rams today to get to 6-8, and eight, that would keep hope alive for Seattle, which is just hanging on at this point. So we will have one final segment ahead. We'll give you NBA scores as well and a few parting shots before we get out of here for the day. That is next here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Back here on Sports 1140 KHK final segment. We'll be on again tomorrow from the arena, but Davis basketball takes place tomorrow at 2. Uh, so we will follow that 4.30-ish, about an hour tomorrow before game night in the Kings and the Clippers tomorrow from Golden 1 Center. Uh, update, NFL playoff. I keep saying playoffs. NFL Playoffs? Playoffs, NFL games. Washington was up 10 nothing. On Philadelphia, but Philadelphia has now scored 17 consecutive points. Jalen Hurts, his second one-yard touchdown run of the game. And second straight touchdown, they now lead 17-10. So 17-10 there, 10-3 Seattle. Seattle just did one of those physical Pete Carroll kind of drives that they used to have. Good running game. DJ Dallas, Rashad Penny, mix in Russell Wilson. And they've taken the lead on the Rams, 10-3. As far as the Kings go, they will be in action tomorrow, as we mentioned. Um, but may not be getting much more help tomorrow. According to several reports, all Kings players that were in health and safety protocols will remain out for tomorrow's game, and you have to add in Namias Keda, who we told you about earlier today, who has entered the health and safety protocols. So 
Seven players impacted. Rashawn Holmes with his eye is still questionable. So a couple things there, Chris. I know we don't know everybody's vaccination vaccination status, but the bottom line is the Kings aren't getting multiple negative tests in a row to get players back. Not getting those LeBron tests. No, they're not. Or Russell Westbrook or whoever else. They've uh, seemingly recovered faster. Interesting. It's in L.A. Interesting. Must be the Conspiracy. Hmm. So uh, the Kings will be shorthanded again tomorrow. Now, we were trying to understand a, a tweet that both Shams and Woj has had here about, you know, the, the teams are going to be allowed to add some players, G League players. I'm going to read this word for word. and I, know I think some... Shams deleted his. Okay. But Woj still has this up. Woj says G League players leaving Las Vegas, that's in this G League showcase, to sign hardship exemptions to join NBA teams are eligible to play immediately but must remain negative test for five consecutive days upon joining the new team. Now, that doesn't sound like you're available immediately in five consecutive days. Or uh, or is that misworded? Or is that going back to your other team? I, I don't – I'm not understanding. Yeah, because the way it's worded, Kata wouldn't have played and they would have got him here, correct? Well, these are on the hardship things too. Like I think this is about adding somebody – Brand new, like you just played the G League where the Kings are adding you today. Well, you know, I'm not adding you today if I have to wait five days. And by that time, some of the other guys that are in health and safety protocol, they may be back. Like you'd need to be added ASAP to play tomorrow. So I, they're not eligible immediately the way I'm reading this, but I don't know if that's yeah, something's wrong with yeah. that. Um, and I think the league is going to now maybe it's five consecutive tests in a day. <laughs> But not five days, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I get the practicality of it, but if you're trying to add players to keep the games going, that that doesn't make any sense. So we'll see if we can get that one ultimately sorted out. But these teams are they are scrambling. They're definitely scrambling trying to make something happen. The other thing that happened last night, wanted to kind of close things out here with this. We're going to play a highlight to kind of bridge to this. But this was yesterday. Memphis has played so well without Ja Morant, but he was back yesterday. Morant downhill into the lane, hangs, lays it up, and in and gets fouled. He hits the deck hard. John Morant's superior athleticism enables him to get above the rim. He hits the deck hard. He gets up quickly. He'll have a chance to break this 74 all time. Now, that was Eric Hasseltine, Memphis Grizzlies Radio Network. The Grizz ultimately lost yesterday, and like I said, they've been so tremendous with without John Morant. John Morant's their best player. I don't think anybody would doubt that. Now, what happens sometimes, though, when you play without key players, you find strengths in other things. Uh, we're seeing this a little bit with Dallas. I saw these numbers side-by-side side without Luka. He's obviously their best player. Defensively, though, the numbers are the worst without with him on the floor. So they're a better defensive team without Luka. Now you find the strengths in that. Can you make up for it offensively? Memphis had been one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They've been better defensively without John Morant. Now you welcome him back. They lose. It's one game, but he was at home, and apparently Jaw in the post game was talking a lot about hearing from fans how he already felt like he was vulnerable a little bit coming back, testing his knee, and then he's hearing from fans there basically saying, "Hey, go back on the shelf. We we you know we're better without you," and that feels like a very much like a social media thing. But to be saying it courtside to him to a player of yours. I just I'm not for that at all. Strange how weighted Dallas's stats are with Luca on or off the court. Yeah, the scale isn't balanced. No. Yeah. 
Hmm. They're going to have to find a way to cut the fat. Yeah. Well, maybe not playing him so many heavy minutes. That's true. Heavy minutes, heavy legs. Yeah. But the jaw thing, I mean, that's just, come on. Let him get back. Let him get into his groove. Find Wait, the he hurt his jaw too? <laughs> oh, John Morant. John okay. Morant. Uh, Thought fe- uh, Luca might have had a Joey Chestnut no, injury. He's good. Uh, Stafford to Cooper Cup. Touchdown. Rams, they respond quickly. That game is tied at 10. Six and a half to go in the third quarter. All right, that's it for us again. Remember, tomorrow UC Davis basketball will preempt us for a little bit, but we'll be back in action whenever that resumes and finishes. We'll resume our show and start our show, I guess, at around 4.30 or so tomorrow. We'll have about an hour, hour and a half for you tomorrow. So we look forward to that. Until then, have a great rest of your night. We thank you for listening right here on Sports 1140 KH2K. See ya!